Welcome to the official podcast for Shepherd University Athletics, and we're coming at you with that big horn energy. It's time for Beyond the Horns. Let's go. Welcome into episode five of Beyond the Horns, the fall sports recap. Today I'm joined with as always, the man himself, Carlos Calderon. But today we're going to talk about fall sports at Shepherd. Uh, look at last year's fall sports um, and into this year's fall with with the COVID season. Obviously, messing that up. But going to bring in Chip Ransom, the, the <laughs> sports information director of Shepherd University, and he's going to provide some insight from his chair. But uh, Carlos, man, it's another episode of Beyond the Horns. We are here. How's it going? It's going really well, man. Super excited to be back. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's another week, another episode of Beyond the Horns. We're rolling forward. That's all that matters, right? Absolutely. Well, like I said, we're going to talk full sports today. But before we get into that segment and bring Chip on uh, over from next door in his office, we wanted to run through our housekeeping normal things. But, man, we what's it like having pro sports in full swing? Oh, in full swing? I mean, I love it. I just think that, you know, but the one thing I will say, the NFL kind of came crashing down a little bit with the uh, with the COVID, the positive COVID test that came this this past week. It's all your Tennessee Titans' fault, man. Yeah, but didn't you guys have one on the Chiefs? No, nope. your back practice squad. I mean, if that's you want to call fourth string quarterback, that's still dangerous. But see, it is. It is. It's all, you never know when danger's lurking, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, technically they did. Uh, they had their fourth string QB test yeah. positive, but that's it. I'm not gonna lie, that I was pretty disappointed. Um, I saw someone say where, you know, protocols aren't what let us down; the people were. So, basically, just saying that, you know, the players need to do a better job of, you know, staying away from people. And obviously, it's hard when you're in a full contact sport, but you know. If everyone kind of does their part, it's a little easier to avoid situations like the one they're in now. But, oh, well, I mean, hopefully they can play this coming weekend. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I read an, an article today, actually, that came out that said the NFL is actually investigating the Titans. Because really? of all this contact tracing, they're finding that it was they were not following protocol that all the other teams are following. Well, that's disappointing. So they're like, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, take the name of the team out of it. Just put X team in there. Like... Their NFL is serious about this. Like mm-hmm. they're going through, and an article said they're gonna like check practice tapes. They're gonna like go through and like watch all the games, and they're gonna do interviews. Like they're serious about this stuff. Wow, I saw somewhere. I don't know if it's legit or not, but they might take away draft picks mm-hmm. if there's you know any mispractice going on. But I mean, if they find if they find that the uh, if the Titans like broke all these rules, it could be bad. Yeah. Because don't get in between the NFL and its money. Right? No. That's what it comes down to. Huh. How dare you uh, mess with our schedule and take money away from us? Yeah, I was pretty bummed out just because the Titans play, well, they were supposed to play the Steelers. And my buddy Seth, like, I just wanted to get in his ear for a little while and, and chirp some smack. But uh, I didn't get the chance to do that. And now, like, we're kind of the, uh, the uh, black sheep if you would, of, of the NFL. We're just ruining it for everyone. But, oh, well, that's how it is, man. You like to be the underdog, right? 
I love it. I embrace it. Because now everyone's going to... Well, I guess it depends on how the Titans rebound. You know, if everyone becomes healthy, then I guess... I mean, they're 3-0, so yeah. they won't be underdogs. But if they got to play some of the season without some of their players because of this, I mean, it could change the season. Yeah, it depends who the players are. <laughs> <laughs> what if I took out Tannehill, Henry, Luan, and Johnny Smith? We don't, we don't stand a chance. Is, is anyone impressed with my Titans roster knowledge right now? I am actually... Impressed with the Johnu Smith. Thank you. Uh, that that one kind of caught me off Thank guard. Thank you. But I'm glad you know that. You know, I have. <laughs> it, I've been told by several people that my head is full of like useless, useless knowledge. knowledge. <laughs> like I know random facts that will never benefit me or anyone I know ever. Mm-hmm. But it's not even one of those things where I can be like, okay, take me to trivia night on like Tuesday night, and I'll win it for your team. Like I don't even know that stuff. Like I just know things that no one else cares about. Like the people who wrote the trivia questions don't even care enough to write a question about that. I don't know. It may, it's my gift. What can I say? Yeah. Well, you know, the Titans weren't the only players coming down with it, so that made me feel a little bit better. Like Cam Newton, uh, he tested positive as well. And then, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you guys had a practice QB who who got it too. But yeah, I'm just curious to see now, like how they deal with everything moving forward, and it's just interesting to see like the NFL deal with it. And you know the NBA, and it, you know it's not just us down here in, in college athletics. Yeah, I mean the the NHL, NBA, um, and the NHL hasn't reported any positive cases, right. and they have already announced like their Stanley Cup winner, and their right. season's already over. So right. it was a, a success for them. It's just impossible to play a sport like football in a bubble. Oh, like of there's course. so there's just so many more bodies you have to be accounted for. Teams are bigger, staffs are bigger. Yeah, I mean, especially with possible. travel, with right? Travel and everything. Like NBA, you can get away with it, mm-hmm. but you just can't do it with NFL. Yeah. Plus, they still got all these players still have to go home every night. Right. Yeah. So. Right. Although you know, I'm I'm enjoying this. That could be a little sarcastic. I'm enjoying the all these hot takes coming from Patriots fans that are like, if Mahomes would have been the one who got COVID and not Cam Newton, you no way this game would have been played on Monday night. The NFL hates us. And I'm like, really? The NFL hates the Patriots? <laughs> have you just been asleep the last 20 years? They have. If there's, they one, have. if there's like one franchise that gets whatever they want, it's the Patriots. So yeah. I like I sit and I chuckle because the team that I like is now apparently the villains. So <laughs> it is what it is. But, um, okay, we got we to hit – we're hitting all the big like pro sports topics like we always right. do. Okay. Got to hit the NBA. Heat tied – or Heat pull, pull a game back, right? Yeah. Jimmy Butler uh, got a 40-point triple-double. And I think he was the only player to ever score more points, have more rebounds, and more assists than LeBron in a finals game. So he played lights out, man. He did pretty good. Was it his in his post-game press conference he was like, I don't really care that I've got a triple-double. Like, yeah. I just want to win. He's like, I just want to win. That's He's, the mentality of champions right there. He was like, I hope I score zero the next game and we still win so I can come back up here and tell you the same thing. I mean, that's the attitude you need. Mm-hmm. It's not about I. It's about us. I loved that in the fourth quarter, Jimmy Butler hit a, hit like the dagger of the game, and they looked at LeBron and said, you're in trouble. Oh, because LeBron <laughs> told him that in the first quarter. <laughs> He's just repaying the favor. I love like the pettiness of of like pro players. Mm-hmm. Although, I, you know, shoot, if I was there, I'd probably be petty too. Oh, yeah. You, you never forget like smack talk. People who say that it just like goes through one ear and out the other, that's a lie. I'm telling you. And it just like... There's, like, different degrees of smack talk. Mm-hmm. So you have people who are, like, 
angry and like vulgar in their smack talk, right? But then you have people like, and, and I'm probably the only person who's ever watched this, but I've watched the mic'd up of the Super Bowl naturally because my team was in it, of course. And um, it like so you have guys like like Frank Clark for the Chiefs who is just like running his mouth all the time. But then you have guys like George Kittle from the 49ers who, like, his version of smack talk is, like, joking around with people. Mm-hmm. He's, like, the nicest guy ever. And yeah. so it was weird to me because he would be like, did you hear what that guy called me? Like, he's, like, talking to the ref, but it wasn't like, I'm telling you what he called me. He was like, can you believe that he would call me that? And, like, it was, just, it was weird to me to see, like, just so many different types of smack talk. So someone else who's really, really funny at, like, talking smack, Philip Rivers. He said to dad about it, too. <laughs> the other day, he's like, you can't play with 12, Greg. You can only play with 11, Greg. He's like, he's like, it's like he's sitting on this deck, like, cooking burgers and, like, drinking a beer, yelling down at his kids playing because he has, like, 40 kids. He has his so. own football team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny stuff, man. Well, I, I just, it's, the, it's that kind of stuff that I always think about. So, like, you have these analysts on TV and stuff. And just imagine, like, the things that they heard when they were playing. Mm-hmm. Just a whole different world that, like, fans behind TV, like, we'll never know. But it's, uh, I'm sure it's fascinating. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, um, you know, aside from the NBA and the NFL, we had RamFest on, on Friday, which was a success. Yeah, success to, to cap off, or not to cap off, to kick off the weekend. Um, sold out RamFest. I think we had... Probably around 90 people there, yeah. and um, yeah, by all accounts, a great event, but you were there, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a, there was a lot of great food, everyone looked like they were having a good time, we had a silent auction for a bunch of different things, like the Rams helmet, and some, some nice pictures, and um, you know, everyone had masks on and everything, everyone was being safe, and yeah, I think overall it was a success, man, everyone looked like they were having a good time to me. Yeah, shout out to uh, John and Pam Boyle. Yeah. For uh, for the photos, they do so much for us. Pretty pretty amazing, but yeah, overall, I think it was exactly what we wanted to be. Right, just a night of, of good food, good drink, and community, and hanging out and talking about Shepherd. And yeah. um, you know, there wasn't a lot of programming, and that's kind of what we wanted. Yeah, and I think people had a good time. And you know, thanks to Bavarian for, for everything they did. And you know, I'm sure there are people out there who didn't get to go. And if that's you. Uh, circle your calendar for next year, maybe around August, and uh, and get your ticket early next time, because I have a feeling we're going to sell out next year, too. That's just how much fun everyone had. Right, I think so. And, you know, that fundraiser is kind of in the books now, and then, you know, kind of looking forward, we have Thankful to Be a Ram, which starts October 19th, and that runs through November 15th. Um, basically, we just try to get as many donors as we can and get all of our programs to participate, and um, try to get them to spread the word and raise funds. Yeah, I mean, it's no secret at the collegiate level, pretty much any level, um, but especially at Shepherd, you know, the, the contributions and donations, you know, philanthropic style giving is, is the lifeblood. Um, you know, there's, you know, a lot of misconceptions about, about, you know, where money comes from and the amount of, you know, funds that, that sports have, you know, oh, just you're, you're a university, you know, you just, you you have lots of money, just buy this. Well, it's not always the case. And so, you know, little things like, like a new uniform or some new gear or to fix this or to buy a new piece of equipment, you know, sometimes that's not in a budget. That's not right. something that they can afford. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we really rely on, um, you know, donors um, at all levels to, to help with those things. You know, sometimes, you know, 
another thing that people can get wrong is sometimes they think, well, if I don't give, you know, 10 grand, is my gift really do anything? Yeah, I mean, if we get 100 people to give 50 bucks, that makes a big deal. Yeah, um, that could change. In the aggregate, that yeah. could change the face of our athletic program if we had that right. type of support. So it's 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 big, but yeah, October fifteenth is when that starts. That's kind of a fun month long uh, challenge for our programs too, because the program that um, gets the most donors, not the most money, but has the most donor participation, will uh, will win a prize from the SUAC, a few extra dollars to go on top. And um, you know, I think last year softball raised like. Eight grand. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge. I mean, yeah. that's that's a, that's a Florida trip right there. That's that's some other things that they could just do. So the Florida trip that never happened. Well, you know, keep, it, <laughs> keep keep that money in the back pocket. You can do two Florida trips this year. But um, but no. So we're really excited for that. So we'll we'll give you guys more information as we as we get closer. But uh, definitely circle your calendars for October nineteenth, and that is when uh, we really will need your help um, to to boost our programs, coaches, and student athletes. Well, Andy, I think we did a good job of hitting on all of our topical issues and just doing our housekeeping as you like to say but housekeeping man yeah but now we're gonna do some points of clarity some points of clarity this is a new segment that we we brought in because you know what sometimes things just need to be clarified you know totally i think agree. i think people in this world get away too often with just like accepting things for as they are mm-hmm. but i'm here to tell you and you're here to tell me that there are just some things that just aren't right or or some things that just need to be said and need to be universally accepted. You want to go first with yours or do you want me to? I mean, I can. You want me to go? Because this is really bothering me. I'm I'm waiting to hear what you have to say. All right, so here's my point of clarity, Ram Nation. Has anybody ever asked you, Carlos, to, like, pour them a bowl of cereal? Like, let's say I'm at your house. I'm kicking it on your couch. Hey, Carlos, man, can you get me, pour me a bowl of Lucky Charms? Like, what are you going to do? Probably, I mean, I would do it, no question. I mean, if, depending on who it is. But uh, I've never been asked that before. It's a little, it's almost a little awkward. Because it's the most ridiculous <laughs> question of all time. Because everyone knows, and this is my point of clarity, hint, hint. Cereal is a personal thing, right? It is a personal decision. It, and, and I, you might laugh, but like this is a serious thing to me. The, the I mean, there's a lot of things you got to keep in mind, like ratio, like how much cereal am I putting in there, how much milk am I putting compared to that, which one goes first. See, I don't think I've ever gotten the ratio just perfect. I've been on the cusp of of perfection, but I've never been there. Like last spoonful, you have the rest of the milk and the rest of the cereal, and it's it's over with. I've never had. That. So if you can't hit your own ratio. How, am I How supposed can you to hit, hit mine? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it's ridiculous when people are like, hey, man, can you get me a bowl of cereal? No, I can't. That's a you. That's a personal decision that you need to make. So I just wanted to clarify on this podcast that cereal is a personal decision. Don't ever ask anyone to pour a bowl of cereal for you. Get up and pour it because I guarantee you you'll be happier. Right? I agree with you, man. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely Thank you. you just had to be said, okay? Well, here's mine to you. Do you think going to the movies is a good first date? Well, if I got a date, period, it would be a good date, right? <laughs> so, I mean, uh, but no, okay. Praise God. Within, within, yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I, I totally agree with you because after we get out of the movie, I know just as much about you as I did before I went to the movies. 
Like, I'm not going to sit there and talk to you while I'm watching this movie. I'm going to watch the movie. And then whenever we get out of there, it's like, all right, well, do we just kind of awkwardly go home? And we might have said 20 words to each other tonight. For real. It's a, it's a bad idea. Don't do it. Maybe fifth or sixth date, but never the first. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mess because it just puts you in positions to fail at every step of the way. Now, if you were to say, like, what if you did, like, dinner first and you're able to, like, converse a little bit and then movie? I mean, That's may- maybe I accept that. That's different. Maybe. But, like, even then, a movie is just kind of one of those, like, I feel like a movie date is, like, when you've been dating for, like, three years and you're lazy and you're like, I know more about you than I ever care to really ever know. <laughs> so you want to go to a movie so we can, like, go out on a date but not actually have to interact with each other? Uh <laughs> Uh, but no, no, I think I think that you've clarified, and I feel like most people would agree that uh, first date, movie only, is just not the way to go. Send him the message. So, so what we want is is if you disagree or agree or have your own take on any of our points of clarity, hit us up. Hit us up on the Twitter machine, on Facebook. Shoot us a message. Leave us a review. Whatever. If if you think that cereal is something that um, people should serve you then you're insane and I can't help you. But uh, but go ahead and let us know that. And if you think going to the movies for a first date is acceptable, then let us know. We want to hear it. Nothing like Braveheart on your first <laughs> on your first date, right? That's good oh stuff. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, like that. I think we clarified a few things. Um, on to our last piece before we start talking about fall sports with the one and only Chip Ransom. Quarter um, of the week. Quarter of the week. Q-O-T-W. Carlos, what you got? Well, normally I come with something a little bit inspiring. This one isn't quite down that avenue, um, but Albert Einstein had this quote. The difference between stupidity and genius is that genius has its limits. Uh, So stupidity is boundless. Be aware of, uh, of your limits, maybe, is something I take of that, or, or, or know that there is a limit. It's just plain and simple. People can do the dumbest things, and you'll be surprised as to how, like, dumb those things could be. That's that's pretty much it. Good old Albert, man. Albert knew his stuff. He was kind of smart, I think. I feel like he... Yeah, I feel like he was smart. You know. I feel like he was a genius. I, I wonder if he had any common sense, though. Like, there's a lot of people who are really smart, but they don't know how to have a conversation. Like... You know Elon Musk? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard him talk? It just He sounds like he's crazy. Probably because his brain is moving so much faster right. than everything else that right. he has to slow it down to interact socially, and he can't do that. Yeah. It sounds like whenever he's talking, it's just like a bunch of fragments hmm. of sentences thrown out there. Well, yeah, you know, I guess people can't be perfect, right? Nope. Right? But... Awesome. Albert Einstein, come with the quote of the week. I loved it, man. What else you got before we go to a quick break? I got nothing, man. All right, we're going to hit up a quick break. When we come back, we're going to pull in Chip Ransom, Sports Information Director, Shepherd University. Chipper Jones. And we're going to talk about fall sports from 2019, how they each went, um, some details here and there about those, and then kind of how it looks now with the COVID season kind of knocking things out and pushing things to spring. You know, what does that mean for football, women's soccer, men's soccer, volleyball, etc.? So take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk to Chip and we'll talk about the fall.
Shepherd University Athletic Club is a volunteer membership organization made up of advocates dedicated to supporting all athletic programs at Shepherd University. The SUAC's intent is to provide resources that will allow all student-athletes to compete at the highest level possible. Where a Shepherd Athletic Program has a need, the SUAC is there to assist in every way so that our programs, coaches, and student-athletes can excel and reach their goals both on and off the field of play. For more information on the mission of the Shepherd University Athletic Club, upcoming fundraising events, or how to sign up for your membership, please go to www.suathleticclub.org. Welcome back, everyone, to Beyond the Horns. Uh, Now we're going to get into our fall sports recap from last year and talk about uh, the fall sports that are going to happen in the spring. Um, But before we do, I want to introduce our special guest. He is our sports information director, Chip Ranson. Chip, how you doing, man? Good. Thanks Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you (laughs) for being here with us. We know it's a chore to, uh, to walk all the way from your office next door and talk to us. All four feet. (laughs) All four feet is right. Me and Andy kept saying, like, we know you a certain way, and we wish that, like, the audience knew you the way that we know you, because it would be a lot funnier to them. But, I mean, what do you think, Andy? Don't say that too much. (laughs) Chip's going to get a big head, and then he's going to be strutting around with his chest out, but... No, Chip, we appreciate you bringing your knowledge. What? Okay, before we get into this, how long have you been a shepherd? I can't. I can't count that. <laughs> just a couple years? Let's just say a couple years then. You've been here for a minute. You know your shepherd stuff. Yeah, more than 20. So that is why it was a no-brainer to bring you to talk not only about last fall, but if we ever need to know anything about Shepard ever, we're going to you. But for the purpose of this podcast, we're just going to keep it into the fall of last year and then transition into whatever you want to call this year's fall, spring mix. The super season, man. It's the the super super season. season. Yep. Well, I guess, you know, we'll start off with football. First things first. Um... You know, last year they had a ten and three record. They were six and one in the conference, and uh, they ended up losing to Slippery Rock, uh, thirty to fifty one, at Slippery Rock. But um, you know, I'd say last year was kind of a a success for the most part. I mean, obviously we want to go the, all the way every time, but um, you know, PSAC being a new conference, you know, like OT mentioned. And, you know, our third episode, um, you know, even the bottom feeders are kind of coming for your neck every week. So you got to bring it. I mean, there's a lot of tough, a lot of tough competition this year for sure. Yeah, I think there was a lot of apprehension for the season. And uh, we kind of learned quickly that uh, it's very competitive. Even, um, like you say, the second game when we played up at uh, Mercyhurst, that was a hard-fought win there. Um, We had some... You know, a close loss to uh, Kutztown. Uh, a great comeback win over Shippensburg, which I think kind of was the impetus for our success during the season. We're like we're far enough away now where a lot of these games kind of start to blend together in my mind. But overall, I think I take the same 
kind of opinion as you. Like it just was, you know, going into the new conference. Now, you know, I wasn't here to ever see like the Mountain East, right. but all you know from when I started here, all I heard was the PSAC is going to be is going to be difficult. But it's more of where Shepherd belongs. I mean, what do you think about the first year being in this conference? I mean, going back onto your Wiviac and your Mount East knowledge, you know, how, how does Shepherd football look now in this new conference? I know it's kind of a tough question, but. Yeah, it is. That's a great question because, I mean, we were used to, I mean, we've had a bunch of undefeated regular seasons. So the bar set pretty high for Shepherd football. And then uh, we came off a 7-3 and three record. Headed into uh, PSAC play, so we didn't know what to expect, and I think we, uh, I think we passed the test the first year, don't you? I mean, I certainly do. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think we, I, I think we did. I, you know, when the Ohio Dominican came into town, and we kind of started off that way. I was, you know, that was my first Shepherd game that I'd ever seen, so I was kind of like, okay, you know, maybe this is going to be, you know, we'll see how this year goes. But then pretty quickly. After that, you started to figure out what the season was actually going to be like. Um, but, you know, Chip, who were your kind of top performers that you remember from, from last fall? You know, when I say Shepherd football to you, who are the, the guys that popped into your brain? Well, I'll, I'm going to save Tyson for last since he's... <laughs> he's a man. He's okay, <laughs> right? Blonde yeah, bomber. Yeah. The blonde bomber. The blonde bomber. <laughs> but uh, I think what was kind of interesting was how uh, Dylan Brewer... Deontay Glover and Devin Phelps had really, really great years, and um, I know Dylan was kind of like a kind of a breakout yeah, season it, for him. Sort of, it was his last season yeah. of eligibility. Uh, he was in one of my classes actually, and um, whenever I heard Melanie, she was telling me a little bit about how you know he didn't really um, have, have his breakout year so last year. And he did really well, didn't he? Almost break the reception. Yeah, record? he tied the reception he tied record. It. He tied the single game record. Um, he had an All American season. Basically, you know, he barely saw the field before last year. Yeah, uh, amazing job, I think. Gold star, maybe yeah. two. <laughs> and then the same thing for Deontay Glover. Oh my goodness! You knew he had a lot of talent, and he uh, he displayed it last year. You saw mm-hmm. at Bloomsburg. Oh yeah, had the five touchdowns. So. He did it in the return game as well. He's a good receiver. That offense could move, huh? Just you never, you never, just like, a little bit. You're never really out of it. Like, you're, and I, I don't know. I brought this game up on the pod before. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but you know that IEP game when they score with what, like a minute and some change left. I don't think anybody on the Shepherd sideline was, you know, thinking, "Wow, we don't have a. This is going to be close. We don't have a lot of time." You know, at least I wasn't. I mean, were you I agree. Thinking, I was. Th- I was just like, I, okay. I, we're good. I have the exact same thoughts. Everybody thought we got Tyson. We got these receivers. Yeah, congrats on we're scoring, but you left us too much time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you should have. You should have somehow figured out how to burn another forty seconds off the clock. But um, we got to bring up Tyson Bajan, right? The man's a gunslinger. Um, the Blonde Bomber. Also known <laughs> as the Blonde Bomber. The man just killed it last year. Yeah, he had a monster season. I mean, uh, he led Division Two in completions per game. He led Division Two in passing yards per game. He helped Shepard rank first in passing offense. Ranked second in passing yards. Ranked second in total offense. And fourth in completion percentage. 
he passed for 4,349 yards to set a single-season record. And I think, I don't know if you guys remember the Kutztown game, but he started the game completing his first 19 passes. Oh, wow. Um, that's crazy. He's walking the park. I, I did not know that, but that's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, when it's all said and done, he's going to, if he doesn't have every Shepherd passing record. Uh, oh, he's the real deal. Holy we'll field. be surprised. Uh, he's also the active leader in Division Two in passing yards per game and in total offense per game. I feel like if your quarterback leads in total offense per game and passing yards per game, that is a good thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, this is just my opinion, but every time like Tyson came out with our offense, I just I wasn't even really worried. I mean, is that am I crazy? I mean, like, obviously oh. the stats say one thing, but like I just was always feeling good. He's like, oh, that's seven. That's seven more points. That's seven. <laughs> well, chalk it up, Patty. That's seven. I mean, what about you? Yeah, I mean, he. Some you you went to just all the games, right? Yeah, I mean, some of the times he uh, he could really thread the needle, and you're like, how do you do that? Yeah. How do you make that? How do you make that toss? Was there a lot of chatter with like other SIDs or like other? Like schools and like, especially in all the press boxes and stuff that you were in, was there any chatter about like? Obviously, everyone knows yeah. he's good. Yeah. But was anyone just like, "Dang, this guy's really good"? Um, a couple times, some people. That was yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Chip just flexes in his polo. And that's it. Everyone leaves him alone. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's fun to watch, no doubt. So it definitely makes you feel comfortable knowing that a guy like that is going to be coming back. You know, to lead the offense. Not only in like a shortened spring season, but when you get back to, to real stuff, you know, I mean, that's got to that's got to be huge to know that we're going to pick up pretty much right where we left off. You're sure you're losing mm-hmm. weapons, but you know, having the guy under center or in the shotgun, I guess, uh, is is good. Yeah, and for anyone on our defensive team, you better be in good shape because <laughs> you're going to be on the field a lot <sighs> yeah. for scoring quick. Yeah, for sure. But uh, but defensively, you know. Any anybody stand out on defense this year, Chip? I think obviously uh, Chris Lane. Um, he's led the Ram in tackles for the last two seasons. Um, second team All Conference had over a hundred tackles the last year, and he's uh, quite a player. Um, also, we got Ponce De Leon, another playmaker. Best name uh, on the team. Oh yeah, for sure. Had sixty nine tackles and four picks last year. Um, had 12 tackles in the win over IUP. Um, Big. And then we've got a ball hawk in Antonio Fox. First team all conference, led the team with five picks last year. So, like I was saying, you know, again, I always think offense, but our defense was there too. And, and it kept us in, in a lot of games to get there, um, you know, to allow our offense to do what it was supposed to do, right? So, um, you know, after that IUP game, you know, we go and play a, a tough opponent in Slippery Rock. And, you know, obviously, Andy, you were there. I didn't get to go. But do you remember kind of how that game went a little bit? You said it wasn't as bad as the score. I mean, I don't – and Chip, you jumped in. I don't think it was as bad as the score no, made they, it seem. They, yeah, they, they scored late to make it look a little more one-sided, but um. – we held our own. Yeah. yeah. For most of the game. Mostly I just remember it being very cold. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I remember the, the Johnson and I were invited into, like, their president's tent. 
and uh, and it was warm and there's food in there, but neither of us wanted to go in there just because we didn't want to be the only two shepherd people in this <laughs> right. entire place. But I, I remember it was a great experience. I remember that quarterback for Silver Rock was pretty, pretty legit. much what we all thought he was going to be, right? I mean, he was good. Um, and, I, and I remember it being something where, you know, until the very end there, I think Shepard had a chance. And you always kind of felt like we had a chance, especially with Wood, where it talked about the, the high-powered offense. But mm-hmm. um, just pulled away late. It happens. Yeah. Slippery Rock ended up uh, losing in the D2 semifinals against Minnesota State. So they were a really good team. Um, what do you guys, Chip, you can start. I mean, what was your favorite memory from, you know, last football season? I mean, it's got to be the euphoria of the win over IEP. Yeah. Because – like Andy was saying, they were on cloud nine when they they scored to go ahead, and their coaches were up there. And then when when he hit when uh, Tyson hit Phelps, they just went into instant depression. <laughs> instant. I think depression. my I think my favorite Shepherd photo that I've ever seen is the one that John Boyle got of Phelps, you know, snagging the touchdown in the end zone right there, and looking at the fans' faces behind who like are just now realizing what's happening. But I didn't even think about that. So just now, being up in the box, you probably got an interesting perspective that we didn't get down on the field of of kind of how they were reacting after they scored. But um, was the box quiet? Got quiet a little bit. Highlight for me. Oh, do you want? Are you going to ask me the same question, or am yeah, I? Man. How I mean, dare I just <laughs> go ahead and jump into my highlight? Ahead, Andy, you're, you're um, okay, if, if I'm not going to say that, even though that game was my highlight as well, uh, I would say maybe like the win over Westchester was pretty cool um, at home, just because that was what I. I mean, you know me. I'm running around like a crazy person during football games, so I don't get to see a lot. But I, I remember that atmosphere being really intense, which was awesome. Um, you know, and, and just kind of. Again, it was another one of those games where, again, I'm just a bystander, I'm just a fan, but to me, it felt like maybe they kind of walked in here thinking that, okay, this is going to be fine, and then they left with their tails and their legs, kind of. This is the way I, I felt, and, um, you know, so I, I would say that win was, was one that I circled for sure. That was a signature win, I agree. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, mine is definitely... <laughs> When we hung, what was it, 70, <laughs> 76 on East Stroudsburg? Because I was working with Andy that day. So, you know, we were both running around like crazy. And then I just keep hearing everyone cheering. And I'm like, are we, like, still scoring touchdowns? What's going on? I go take a look at the score. And all of a sudden I hear Pat announce, like, Shepherd University just broke a record for most points scored in a single game. I'm like, how do you imagine that East Stroudsburg feels right now? Demoralized. <laughs> yeah, so those were definitely some good moments from last year. Um, you know, this year, Andy, what are we looking at for the spring season? Well, I mean, you know, at this point, I don't know if we really know yet. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the rumor going around is a shortened season. Um, I think that would be, you know, good just because we're all missing football. Uh, you know, I, I think until you really know what that's going to look like, I think that schedule, um, you know, depending on who you play and how long it could potentially be, I think that kind of changes things. But, you know, for me, I think it'll just be interesting to get everybody back out on the field again and maybe, you know, play some players that you weren't potentially going to play, just see what you have. Yeah. I mean, shit, what, what about you? What do you What do you foresee for this spring season? Like say with with it being shortened, it's going to be uh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Every I game guess matters. The winner wears like five <laughs> games, and yep. that's uh, yeah. It mattered when it was ten or eleven, or every game mattered when it was ten or eleven. Now it's five or so. It's really going to be magnified. Do you, do you think that a short season will like limit the excitement at all, or do you think that no, Shepherd fans think so. are still going to come out? It might increase yeah. it, maybe. Yeah, if, I can see because each one has more meaning if you want to look at it that way. But that's just my perspective. What I guess the last question that I was going to bring up for Chip when it came to football was: What are your thoughts on? doing a shortened spring season and then turn around a few months later to what I would consider your kind of second real, real, that's in quotes for people who can't see me, uh, like <laughs> PSAC season. You know what I mean, though? Like, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on just, okay, you get a little five-game kind of appetizer and then you're going to the, the entree next? I mean. I, I think it's, I bet it's uh, quite a challenge for the coaches and the players. Yeah. Doesn't really affect me personally that much, but yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, will you be sad if the Jamaican jerk chicken truck is not <laughs> out? Is not out for the spring. <laughs> Chip, I did go get half a bird one day. I did. It was good. Yeah. For all of you who come out to Ram Stadium, make sure you get Jamaican jerk chicken next time you're here because I'm pretty sure I get. Um, a storybook from Chip every home game on how good <laughs> on how good it is and and Carlos believe the hype man Carlos tried it once and yeah believe the hype I guess. So. <laughs> well, that's all we have for football. Um, you know, next up, I think we'll discuss you know women's soccer. Um, last year, they had a one fifteen and two record. Um, they were one fourteen and one in the conference. They had a tough season. Um, they had a lot of players go down with injuries. Uh, they lost several players throughout the year, um, but definitely looking forward to this year. We're getting a lot of new players coming in, a lot of turnover, and I'm excited to see what Emily's going to do with this group. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, the the vibe that I get from women's soccer is that it's certainly a process of building. Right. And I think to a certain degree that that kind of always happens whenever you have a, a new coach coming in. Now, what is this going to be, Chip? Year three for Emily coming up, I believe? Mm-hmm. Three or four? Yeah. I think it's three. Yeah. So, But I, I think that still applies. You know, Whenever you have a turnover, it's going to take a couple years right. to, get, to get things set into the way that that coach wants it to be. And so, you know, for me, and this is just my opinion, the record is, is one thing, but really the importance is establishing that culture um, and building that team the way that she wants it to be from a recruiting standpoint you know, from a just just a, a roster standpoint and starting to in, install the core values that she believes in. But, you know, Chip, am I off base with that? Or is that no, where you're I, at? I think you're right on point with that. You know, they're going to return um, their leading scorer from last year and sophomore, Sarah Holmes. She had four goals and assists for nine points last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michaela Zara also returns after uh, scoring a pair of goals last year. Um, Junior Lulu Fricks is back as a proven netminder. Uh, and also junior Alyssa Nazarok uh, returns to help uh, solidify the defense. And if you look back on uh, four of the losses to ranked teams last season, two were by two goals and one was by one goal. So uh, even though the record wasn't um, as good as we would like, they were, they were competitive in a lot of the um, – Losses against really good teams. 
Yeah, sometimes something as simple as the record doesn't paint the whole picture. Okay. Right? You got to look into it game by game, and you know I didn't get to see too many in person, just with how duties were split. But you know, Carlos, you got to see a lot of in person. I mean, yeah. What, what do you think about kind of that take? So, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you guys. Um, it was definitely hard to see, you know, our team lose so many players to injuries, and um, you know we were kind of using everyone on the team at that point and um, I think that's definitely a good experience for the younger players getting that exposure um, but you know it, it was definitely tough to see the injuries and now that we're having a lot of new incoming players um, you know Emily will be able to build that foundation the way she wants to and then you know continue to build from there so um, definitely the future is is going to be bright for them as as long as they keep working hard. It sounds to me that, you know, she's from a recruiting standpoint, has brought in some some decent local talent, right, to fill mm-hmm. some of the gaps in, in player turnover and graduation. Uh, do you have any specific ship on, on names or anything, or just a general vibe that you've been getting as well from when Emily comes up and, and talks to us? I don't have a lot of details on the uh, specifics of the uh, individuals recruited, but uh, I know we have a lot of local talent that uh, should help us uh, moving forward. And she seems excited. Yeah, she, she seems excited, I guess, is the big thing I want to take. You know, every time Coach Hester talks about, hey, I got I got this player mm-hmm. from here. You know, it's not a, oh, I'm filling my roster with, you know, this person who I didn't really want. It's uh, almost like I'm really excited to tell you this. Right. And I think, I mean, she is, Coach Hester's been around. She's coached several places. So, you know, mm-hmm. she, can, she can eye that talent. So she's fired up about it. Like, I'm going to be fired up about it, too. Yeah. Not only to have, like, new talent, but also healthy players. Because, <laughs> that I mean, everyone's got to be healthy. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you can't win if you can't run. Mm-hmm. You can't score goals if you can't stand, right? So, right. yeah, definitely, definitely the health. So, name of the game, stay healthy and build a good foundation. So, what do you think about the, the PSAC in terms of women's soccer? From the Mountain East or the Wibia, I mean, is it how big of a step was up? A, was I it? think it was a tough adjustment for the women. Um, they're in a tougher division, and uh, it was a rude awakening. I think, you know, last year, but I think now that we know what we're faced with, um, got a big recruiting class in. It's going to pay dividends down the road. Yeah, there's got to be some value or some positive from maybe unknown to mm-hmm. now at least you know like you're and then over the next couple of years you can identify you know who, who which programs kind of fall where in the hierarchy of things right and then you can kind of find your place and know really what you need to do to, to make it up to the next rung you know that's the analogy that I would use mm-hmm. so there's got to be some positive in that well that's uh that's our little segment on women's soccer um, I want to transition into men's soccer. They kind of had a similar story, um, not quite as many injuries, but uh, last season they had a 2-15-1 record and a 0-11-1 record in the conference. Um, you know, just from my experience watching them, because obviously I worked all the games, um, they didn't have any really notable injuries last year, um, but I could see that the players were starting to develop. And they're only losing a couple seniors, I believe. And uh, they're returning most of their core players. 
and you know Alex has done a good job of you know kind of grooming everyone and trying to build that solid foundation and you know I think they have a really bright future too as long as they you know continue to improve and um, work on their chemistry as well. Yeah last year uh, Shepard suffered five one goal losses on the season including a one nothing setback to 23rd ranked uh, Westchester so again they were very competitive even though record doesn't indicate that right and a lot of like a lot of the uh matchups that we had you know we were competing we were right there with them the whole time it's just sometimes the ball doesn't go in the net um but you know there were a lot of tough losses there but you know i I definitely see that there's some bright spots moving forward um i know um i'm not sure what their record was the year before but i know that their first um their home season opener they ended up winning that game. I was with you. I mean, I remember the excitement just kind of surrounding that. Right. To come out and just come out swinging in that first game. Yeah. And I could tell Jones was pretty pretty hyped up about it, too. I mean, Chip, you, you had to watch all the games and you had to stat and do all that stuff for the course mm-hmm. of the year. Did you see kind of what Carlos is talking about, like some, some just gradual improvement over the course of the year? Do you see anybody in particular stand out? I think out? you saw a lot of uh, improvement last year. Um they got a big boost from uh, Carlos Castillo, uh, led the team with five wow. goals for ten points. And Carlos, dude's, you dude's seen the built, guy play. Dude's he's, built he's a like man. a football player, yeah. man. They have to double him every time. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I've never seen a man like get abused so much. But you know, he he did a good job at putting the ball in the net. Yeah, he was he was uh, quite a weapon. Um, we also had uh, Steven Zavala's choke. Added three goals and three assists for nine points. Uh, Shamar Robinson had one goal and three assists for five points. So they're back again. And we also returned a couple of solid goalkeepers in uh, Machado and Billy Wood. So uh, mm-hmm. I think we're in good shape there. Um, and like uh, Emily, Alex has brought in some a really good recruiting class. If you get on the website... These kids coming in, they've got some impressive credentials from uh, high school. They found the back of the net a lot, so mm-hmm. uh, we're anxious to see what they have for us. Yeah, I'm really excited to, uh, you know, see them play and see how much they, you know, can improve and get better this year. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because I'm pretty sure I'll be working most of those games. So it'll be fun to watch those guys, definitely. So is the, is the PSAC considered a strong men's soccer conference as well? Yeah, I think not having to play uh, Charleston and Notre Dame, I think, is a plus. So this could be an instance instance where maybe moving to the PSAC, it does make sense with everything else, but you're avoiding, like a Charleston, how many times? When did they win the national championship last in that soccer? It hasn't been long, right? Last year. <laughs> so there you go. Last, last year. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, getting them off the schedule and, and getting to see some new blood. Yeah. But it sounds like the goals are definitely there. It's just, you know, what do you say, five one-goal losses? So just start to turn a couple of those in your favor to at least draws or, you know, you never know. Soccer's a funny game like that. You could you could pull something out. But, yeah. Um, so, so Carlos, your highlight for men's soccer was the season opening win? Definitely the season opener, just because, um, you know, you could tell the players were really hyped, and so was, uh, you know, the head coach, Alex Jones, and there was a lot of good energy that day on the field, and, you know, I was happy to 
be there to get a small piece of it for sure. That was definitely my favorite. So now we're going to move on to volleyball. Um, last year, they had a record-setting season. They had a 29-7 and record, and they were 14-5 and in the conference with the NCAA tournament appearance. Um, safe to say they uh, lived up to the hype last year. No doubt. I mean, they started the season off at 18-0, and 6-0 and in a conference play. We're like, are they going to run the table? <laughs> <laughs> I remember they those were on fire. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I was thinking we were going to get a, some hardware, but, you know, that didn't happen. But yeah, no, ring, no rings and degrees there, but I think definitely a huge, a huge step, right? Oh, yeah. A huge step sure. in the right direction for, you know, this program. Um, and especially from a recruiting standpoint. Yes. You know, you look at how successful we were and what Alex has been able to do with this group, um, you know, that will definitely put the spotlight on us for a little bit, which is always positive. Chip, who, who were our stars on last year's school? I mean, we had a lot. Um, obviously, um, Peyton Limblad, first team on conference. You had uh, Cam Hill and Imani Major, both second team on conference. Uh, Jessica Cars, our setter, was a really good player, as was uh, another senior, Sion Good. Um, we also have some talented uh, underclassmen, and we had the Freshman of the year in the conference in Alicia Smith and uh, Nicole Murray was a, a big player for us, and those two will be returning this year. Yeah, um, I, I had the privilege of sitting down and talking to Alex for a little bit, and he said that even you know the people who weren't starting, um, like his bench players, would always play as starters, and it was always really competitive practices, and it was like kind of like iron sharpens iron if you've ever heard that before uh, so he said that's what kind of you know polished everyone and got them ready to play the games and that's why that attributed to their success last season do you think this is something that you know going off the iron sharpens iron kind of thing you know is this something that you can see us continuing to kind of just reload when it comes to volleyball and continue to put out seasons like this I know that's putting you on the spot a little bit but, like, for the future... I mean, I hope so, but I think um, Carlos just brought up a great point. There was, there was a lot of talent that, that didn't see a lot of action, so mm-hmm. hopefully when the next person's up, they uh, they come through for us, and we'll see what happens this year. Next man of mentality? Yeah. Carlos, what was, the, what was the point, man, last season when you were like, and Chip, you can answer this one too, where you were like, okay, this isn't just like a hot start. Like this team's actually really good. It would probably it would probably have to be. I mean, when we got to eighteen and zero, I was already there. Like my mindset was like, wow, this team has potential to do something great. And then I like had to interview our head coach, and he was telling me, you know, about how good the bench players were and how competitive practices were. So that means everyone was trying to make each other better. Um, so I definitely know that. If all the players have that same mindset, then something positive is definitely going to happen. Chip, what about you? What At what point did you think that, you know, this was more hey, – because you have a unique perspective. Yeah. Cause you, and I thought, well, I thought the five-set win over Gannon kind of told everybody, all right, we're, we're for real this year. We're here. Yeah. I know that just from, a, from like, a fan chatter and, like, from, like, a ticket sales standpoint, like – you could tell as the season went on, those crowds were, were 
we're getting pretty big, you know. And I don't know historically what we would draw for a volleyball, but I feel like that was, you know, certainly something, you know, I would be even willing to say of all of our sports, that was one that kind of the, the Ram Nation kind of got on the bandwagon with. They were like, okay, these guys are good. Like, there were people coming out to volleyball games who never mm-hmm. talk about volleyball. So, Yeah, I remember uh, Jessica Cars was interviewed and uh, I think it was about, you know about the time when we had the 18 and 0 start and she said we're known as a football school baseball school whatever said we want to be known as a volleyball school and, yeah and uh, <laughs> that, they are now they, yeah I mean <laughs> what's uh, and that kind of led me into something I wanted to ask you as well Chip is you know a season like this in the PSAC I mean what does that do from like a perspective standpoint as far as Shepherd volleyball. Is that kinda like, okay, Shepherd does that does that vault them or vault us into like into being the volleyball school or like at least on our way to being a volleyball school or is it too early to tell and you're kinda just we just had a great year? Well we've got back to back playoff appearances. Um and we're playing really good competition every week in and week out. So uh I'm really optimistic of uh, future Shepherd Volleyball. Yeah. And I think uh, something that might be interesting this year, too, is um, a senior from last year, Cam Hill. She's the new GA. She's going to be helping out Alex and, you know, helping out the girls. And I'm curious to see, you know, how that kind of uh, helps Alex out from, like, a load management standpoint and just – she can give her unique perspective to the girls and try to help them out whatever way she can. I think that would be good for us. I know we keep hopping kind of back and forth, but I'm curious. Highlight last year for you, Chip? I mean, I know you brought up five set sweep and Gannon, but, you know, was there something, like, that you actually saw? It doesn't have to be, like, a game even. Was there well, a highlight? I think going up to Wheeling and beating East Stroud after we had lost to him in the championship. Yeah, yeah. And... They, those girls knew they were going to beat them. Locked you, in. Yeah, you could tell they were they were focused, and uh, they got a five set win. And then uh, it was just kind of nice to avenge that loss. And they had a, a tough uh, match in the semis against Gannon, and uh, couldn't quite pull it out. And then Gannon went on to beat Wheeling for the championship. But uh, you know, when you make history and get your first. Uh, regional win that was uh that was huge no doubt yeah Carlos you have something there I I'd have to say it's the same as chips to be honest I mean losing to East Childs first and then uh going back up and beating them uh, and avenging the loss I definitely think that that was probably the most memorable moment as well so looking towards like this spring with the spring super season um you know what what do you guys have your eyes on as far as you know specifics as far as building into what is hopefully a third year of, of success great question Andy um, I, I guess at this point there's a lot more with the shortened season it's a lot more questions than there are answers but uh, coming off these these last two seasons you want to get back out there on the court and see what we've got yeah I agree I mean I'm curious to see if there's players from last year who weren't getting as much playing time if they're ready to step up and you know kind of fill the shoes of those seniors who left last year and um, you know I I hope that they have the same success and 
you know, continue to put the spotlight on, on volleyball, I, I think that that's good for, for our athletic program. Yeah, and hopefully we, we still get those fans out here. You know, we don't know what we're going to be able to have, you know, because of COVID stuff, indoor mm-hmm. facility, et cetera. But, you know, I think the momentum from a fan standpoint was definitely there behind this team over the building over the last couple of years. You know, hopefully that's still there as much as it can be. Well, that's our uh, that's going to be it for our um, fall sports recap, and you know we want to thank our SID Chip for for joining us, man. It's it's always a pleasure talking to you. I know Andy and I we we love talking to you, and I mean, uh, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, that was that was our fall sports recap, and Andy, what do we got for our? Yeah, next episode. for next episode. So coming up next week, we're going to bring a secret student athlete on here. We're not going to say who it is yet, but we're going to bring one on, learn a little bit more about them, kind of what we've been doing with the coach interviews a little bit, but we'll switch it up, do a student athlete perspective, um, and, and try to learn more about them, how you know, their journey growing up to Shepherd, and kind of what it's like to be a student athlete um, at Shepherd generally, but then also during these kind of crazy COVID times. So definitely looking forward to that. As always, you guys can check us out on Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. Please feel free to leave us a comment, give us a rating. We love hearing our feedback from you guys. Um, you can also check us out on SU Rams Official. That's our official official Twitter handle. And for Facebook, it's SU Ram Nation Official. Um, as always, we want to thank you guys for tuning in this week. Join us next week for another episode.